I'm calling today's word the God with us Christmas story. God spoke to a man called Abraham 2,000 years before Jesus was born. And he spoke into Abraham's life a word of promise that through him all the families in the earth would be blessed. And the Hebrew nation that came from Abraham and that prophetic word, a prophetic word of promise, became the light that directed the path of the Hebrews. That nation of Israel became the witness of God to the world. It was through the covenant of the law of Moses who established the temple worship and the temple priesthood. But for 400 years before Jesus was born, the light of the prophetic word to Israel and the supernatural witness of God through Israel to the world had ceased, resulting in a time of silence and darkness. But God was about to give both his light and his word of the promise of blessing to the whole world in the most perfect way. Jesus, who was and is the word, Logos, of God, would become flesh and dwell with us and would become the light of truth and the supernatural witness of God to this world through his son, Jesus. Father would send a divine seed of life from heaven and he had chosen a young woman called Mary to receive that seed. And that seed was to contain the full genetic potency of God's love and goodness and truth. And he sent the angel Gabriel to announce this amazing news to her. Mary was told by the angel that she'd been chosen amongst all women on the earth to give birth to a child who was to be God with us, Emmanuel, and that she was to call him Jesus. The Holy Spirit would shine his life over her and divine life from heaven would come alive in her womb, even though she was a virgin. The angel also visited Joseph in a dream and told him that Mary, to whom Joseph was betrothed, had been chosen by God to give birth to a son, and that this was to be a divine work of the Holy Spirit who would cause a holy life to ignite within a being, fulfilling a prophecy in the scriptures with which Joseph was familiar. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and his name will mean God with us. That's Isaiah chapter 7. The angel also told Joseph to go ahead with the marriage. And when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel had commanded him. In the meantime, it came into the heart of Caesar Augustus to do a census and to register every person in the known world. Everyone had to go to their place of birth to be registered. So Joseph had to take Mary back to Bethlehem because he was the house and the lineage of David. And that fulfills another prophecy in Micah chapter 2, verse 5. O Bethlehem, you are but a small Judean village, yet you will be the birthplace of my king who is alive from everlasting ages past. God will allow the time to pass until she who is to give birth has her son, and he shall feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, and he'll be greatly honoured throughout the world. He will be our peace. Joseph and Mary went to the right place at the right time for the birth of Jesus, fulfilling that 700-year-old prophecy from Micah of his birthplace. Isn't that an amazing thing? 
Joseph walked beside the donkey. He walked beside the donkey that carried his wife. He was getting weary and the journey was tiresome for Mary. And he knew he had to get her to the place of his family's household and stay in a guest room, which was the custom. He had to get Mary out of the cold as the time was getting close for her to give birth. They finally arrived at the family home where they were warmly welcomed and invited inside, but the house was overcrowded and all the guest rooms were occupied. The word for guest room in the Bible is kataluma, and this is the word for inn, as in Luke 2.7, which states there was no room at the inn. It doesn't matter how hard you look in the Bible, you won't find any mention of an innkeeper. But we're not talking about two travellers trying to book into a local tavern that had already filled its quota in a busy season. There was no innkeeper. And they didn't have to go and look for a stable in some field up the road. What the story is saying is that Joseph and his wife would have to stay in the customary stable of the family home downstairs. That warm place where the animals slept and fed. But to fulfil that prophecy, Joseph settled Mary as quickly and gently as he could. A mother travailed and a baby cried its cry of shock as it entered the world. The smile upon father's face in heaven was echoed by Joseph in the earth and became a laugh of joy as he took on the privileged role of being the child's earthly father. On earth, it was the familiar scene of new birth. Nothing special. In the universe, it was the most awesome supernatural birth in history. It was also ordained that this birth would become the most celebrated event for all time. Celebrated annually by millions upon billions down through the ages. Many of whom had and still have no idea why or what they're really celebrating. Nearby, where shepherds were looking after their sheep upon the hills, a huge shining star, having reached its zenith, was lighting up the entire night sky. The shepherds looked up in wonder at this light, and suddenly the lights of shining angels dazzled them, and they became terrified and ran and huddled together. The angel appeared above them, sent to tell them of the birth of Jesus. He told them not to be afraid. The great and marvellous news that he had for them filled them with awe. He said, I have great news for all the world to hear. He told them that they would find a child, the newborn king of the universe, God the Saviour, wrapped in simple clothing in a nearby stable. Suddenly the angel was joined by a multitude of other angels as the brilliant night sky resounded with their voices singing and they listened enraptured at the magnificent words. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards mankind, all of humanity. When the singing had stopped and the angels had left, the shepherds found the place where this extraordinary event was taking place in the earth. And these simple shepherds became the messengers to the world of the birth of this child, this King of Kings, and all who heard them were astounded and amazed. Father had always planned for his son to bring forth a new spiritual species of mankind into the earth. 
Humanity has been known as Homo sapiens, which means mankind plus wisdom. But we could, as it were, call this new species that had just come into being Homo divinicus, just a made-up name. <laughs> but it would mean mankind plus God, God with us. Now is the time for Jesus to become the pain of what human life had become and to walk the path of its sorrow and its lost hope. Jesus would lift mankind as his brothers and sisters into a place of shared friendship and family with the three-in-one God. What a plan. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish. Apolemi is the word perish. It means lose, lose life. To be penalised means to mar or destroy or to waste a life. That's what perish means. Quite a range. But he said, whoever believes on him will not perish, but have everlasting life. In other words, they will take hold of his life within their inner being. Have, take hold of. Not just one day go to heaven. They would begin to live the God with us life. Scripture goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, to penalise the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's John 3, 16, 17. So what's this condemn? God did not send his Son into the world to condemn. And those that believe will not perish. Well, the condemnation, the penalty that causes the perishing in this life, the wasting, the marring, the losing of life, is living with the consequences of our wrong and harmful ways. That's what the world is in, paying the penalty, perishing, wasting a life, losing life. Inner unbelief leads to outer wrongdoing. Whoever believes in him will not perish. There'll be something inner that is new, that is real, that will affect the outer. John said, The light came into the world, but men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were wrong and harmful. A wrong and harmful heart hides from the light of exposure to sin, just as Adam did when he first disobeyed God and hid from him. Set the pattern of the consequence of perishing. Adam began to perish, to lose life. He felt separated. So he hid from God. But God knew that the only way for the light of God and the love of God to be known by humanity was for them to know his forgiveness as he had given to Adam and Eve. He gave them forgiveness. And the good news is that this light of God's truth and love and forgiveness has now entered the world through Jesus into our inner being. God did provide the law and the commandments 
and the sacrifices for sin, but he had to wait for this life to come to make it God with us. More than Adam had ever had, the life of Christ within, God had to wait. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not charging their sins against them. And he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. So what's our message to people? You're going to hell, you sinner? <laughs> he did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. You're going to get this gospel right one day. So our message to people of the good news about God in Jesus is that God's true light of love and forgiveness is waiting for them to receive and believe and to live in. It's what's called good news. John said that Jesus was the true light that gives light to certain people that he likes more than others. No. John said that Jesus was the true light that gives light to every man coming into the world. A big God. I must say I've never heard anybody say anything that can make God bigger than what he is. But I've sure heard a lot of people say things that try to make God a lot smaller than what he is. He's everything. So this light that is given to every man coming into the world, John 1, 9, would be contested by darkness. Always. And you'll feel it. But Jesus overcame that darkness on the cross for all mankind. And today the Holy Spirit takes on that contest of fighting against darkness in the minds of every person in the world. That's the fight. The lights come into the world, but... Men love the darkness more than the light, so they hide. John wrote about Jesus, telling his disciples that after he had gone to be with his Father, he would send the Holy Spirit to all mankind. He said, and when the Helper, the Parakletos, has come, God with us, the Comforter, alongside God, the alongside God, when he has come, he will convict the world, the cosmos, that's everybody, of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. John 16, 7. The Holy Spirit's there to get people to see that light that's there waiting to light up in them. And he's there contesting the darkness that's in them because they've loved the darkness more than the light and they're hiding from that light. And he's saying, I'm going to get you. Here's some more light. He's on the job. The Holy Spirit became the partner alongside and within Jesus when Jesus was on earth and he shared in every moment of Jesus' human life. And he desires to bring the experience of the joining of his divine spirit life with our human spirit life. And this experience is ours to receive and believe in through our faith and his grace. It's not complicated. It's a beautiful story. And there's a clear, a clear passage, a flow of life and light and truth and love and forgiveness from heaven for every person. Your message is, did you know that you'd been forgiven? God with us means more than just alongside us. It means he is within and through our being. 
And our faith lets us speak to him as a person, person to person. That means that the Holy Spirit is taking what Jesus, the Logos, the Word, is bringing to each one of us as the whisper into our spirit of the wisdom and understanding of the mind and heart of God. Anyone lacks it, ask, and it will be given. And we need that to be able to walk with him, with, with light, the word, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Not the light that makes us run and hide, but the light that leads us now on his path. Christmas waits to be truly celebrated in this way. Without Christmas, there's no way we could ever have known God and become one with him. Amen.